Praise God. Amen. If you're a guest with us today, we're so thankful and wonderfully blessed to have you here worshiping with us this morning. We're so good to have you. If you are watching us this morning, we're so glad to have you inside today joining with us. I want to talk to you for a few moments today. Uh, and I, I usually get here in the mornings. And uh, by the time we get here, uh, the, the, the setup crew has already kind of got everything. And so we, we get here and, and um, there's a couple things going on. But usually I, I find my way into the back there to the kitchen. There's a little room that I've kind of after we've been here for almost, we've been here for over three years, I've sort of made that back room in there when I, in the mornings, a, um, a little bit of a prayer room, because uh, it's quiet back there, and just kind of get a, get a chance to focus. And when I got here this morning, I really felt like I knew what the Lord wanted to do, and, and I was kind of going to attempt to, uh, through the leading of the Lord, to finish over the last couple of weeks and kind of put a nice pretty bow on everything. But when I got here this morning, God began to just drop at first what appeared to be just random scriptures in my head. And I'm looking them up and I'm not quite versed. I guess I should be. But God gives me a verse here and a verse there and i got to go look them up to remember what they say. So I'm right on these scriptures down. I'm thinking, where in the world is this going? And then all of a sudden it started to, in about 20 minutes... It all just started to piece together. And I don't know how you've been or where you've been, but for about the last month in my house, we have been battled, fought tremendously. But the battle really is a been, it's been battled in our minds. It's been a battle. I don't know if anybody else in here today can say amen to that, but you're in a fight, but the fight's really here as much as at anywhere else. And I'm, 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 I was not intending to come here today, but the Lord began to deal with me back here. And so, i got to be honest with you, I'm going to learn this with you. <laughs> I don't know this that well, because the Lord just dropped all this in my spirit, because all this came together. But I wanna, we're going to walk with Jesus for a few moments today, if that's okay with you. I believe God wants to help somebody here today that when you leave out of here, you can leave with victory. But not victory that comes from a feeling, but victory that you can walk in, victory that you can live in. I don't know what just happened there. Just Things are flying. So we're going to talk about that for a few minutes today. And I want you, when you leave here, to learn to get out of your mind. Now we think about getting out of your mind is a bad thing. My goodness, they're out of their mind. But in this case, I want you to get out of your mind and get into the mind of Christ. Because if you can get out of your mind and you can get into His mind, your world will change. You say, well, what do I need to do? i got to do this. Well, the Bible says very simply, Romans 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, changed, become different. How? By changing the way you think. Now, let's look at a couple of verses here. I'm going to go very fast. I'm not sure who's back there on the screen. Usually I give them pretty easy. But today, I've got a mess of stuff here. We're just going to flow with it. And if you, if hopefully you can keep up or go back later and you can read them so no, I wasn't making it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says this, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Romans First uh, Corinthians 2, verses, uh, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, 
of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they, can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. How about this one? Philippians 2, 5, a very familiar passage of scripture. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul said, let this mind, what mind? We're going to talk about that in a minute. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Now we read the scripture, right? We hear what the Bible says. And the Bible says that, you know, Jesus says, I'm going to, you know, greater things that you're going to do because I go to the Father and you're going to be like me and you're going to do greater things. And we go, there's no way. No. I mean, we're just trying to live life. We're just trying to, we're just trying to pay our bills, show up to work on time and not sin. Forget the other stuff. That's way too hard. Forget that stuff being like Jesus and doing more than him. I'm just trying to make it to my bed in one piece and lay my head back so I can hit the replay button and do it all again tomorrow. That's the way we feel, right? So we hear, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. We're like, that is just way out there. Second Timothy, verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Paul's right there. I don't even want to ask because I already know the answer. Probably half of us. Our biggest struggle is fear, worry, whatever form you want to come. But the Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear. Great. But why are we all afraid? Because this. But power, love, and of a what? Sound mind. Now let's talk about this here because a lot of times we give the devil way too much credit. You know, the devil made me do it. That's the kind of idea we live by because it's easy to say the devil made me do it because I don't have to examine myself. I can blame it on everybody else because that's the American way, right? Everything has a label and everything has an excuse. You're not undisciplined, you're hyper. You can't sit still because you're hyper. That's okay. We'll label you. Everything. All of this stuff now has labels. There's labels for everything. Everybody has a label. This has got a label. And that got a label. And, and, and this is a... I mean, it's amazing. And, and I think after a while, not to get on a soapbox, I think drug companies label stuff because they can label it. They can cure it. So we're curing stuff we don't even have just so they can sell us more stuff. And what's curing us is killing us. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, want, I want to look at something here for a moment because there is a lot of things that we give the devil credit for but, but there's a lot of things that we do that gives him access and the access that he wants is the access right here we're going to talk about this and let's look at some scriptures. And the Lord just put all these together for me this morning. And it took me a while to read through them to say, okay, what, what, where, how they all fit. But then it, it, it all came together. Re- Revelation 12. We're going to go Revelation 12 verse 7. You know this story, but just for a moment, I got to, there's a couple of pieces to this that I want you to look at. Revelation 12. And you're going to be like, what in the world are you talking about? How's that helping me get any closer to, to walking with Jesus? We're going to get there. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great 
dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the... Don't forget that. That's, that's key. He was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of the Lord... Uh, the kingdom of God and the power of His Christ have come for the accuser of their brethren who accused them before our God. Day and night has been cast down. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens. There's that, okay? You're getting this picture because this is key right here. This is going to be the whole premise. Where was, the, where, was, where was Satan cast down to? Earth. But the scripture says... Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Now that's the problem there. Because rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Well, I got a problem. That means I can't rejoice. Because I'm not in heaven. If I take that verse literally... And I say it's got to be the heavens as we look at it. Because we, we look at heaven as up there, we're down here. So he says, oh rejoice, you who dwell in heaven. Then you and I have no right to joy rejoice. But the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice. Oh heavens, and you dwell in him. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you. Great. Thanks for the heads up. Having great wrath. Because he knows that he has a short time. That is a depressing verse. Rejoice if you're in heaven. But all you earth dwellers, you got problems. The devil's coming down. He's mad. And he's going to wreak havoc for a short time. Congratulations. If I read that verse, there's nothing about walking with God that I want to have anything to do with. Because you know what that makes me want to do? That makes me want to get into the mentality, I'm just going to hold on because the big bad devil's out to get me. And if I could just make it to the finish line and be saved, that's all I care about. And then the Bible says we're supposed to be overcomers. We are more than conquerors. I don't feel like a conqueror and I certainly don't feel like an overcomer. So all this stuff is just a sham. And all I want to do is just hopefully make it to heaven. And so what do I do? I walk around half the time not trying to make the devil mad. I've heard people say that. Don't do that. You might make the devil mad. You think he's going to get any madder than he is. Really? Think about that. The Bible says he's come down with great wrath because he knows he has a short time. Do you think that there is anything that you can do to make him any more angry than he is? He got kicked out of heaven. The idea, you, you can't talk, oh, be a brother Tino, don't talk about the devil because you can get him mad. Don't say the devil, you're going to get him mad. We, need to, we, don't, we don't even read the book we confess we believe in. Because he said, rejoice, O heavens, and you do the dwell in, him, in them, but all you earth dwellers, you've got a problem. The devil is mad, and he's out to get you. So how in the world can I have this? What am I supposed to do? And then Jude tells us this. Some of you probably didn't know Jude was in the Bible. It's one chapter. 
If you want to, hey, I'm going to help you out. There's 66 books in the Bible. Let's knock one out this week. Read Jude. It's one chapter. <laughs> Ten minutes probably. You got it. Done. 65 to go after that. But get Jude knocked out. Don't start with Genesis. It's like 50 chapters. Go to Jude. One done. Jude. One. Verse five. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who do not keep their proper domain, but left their, left their own abode. He, God, has reserved in everlasting change under darkness for the judgment of the great day. And he's put them in change. He cast them out of heaven into earth. Put them in change under reserve. He put them where? But then further, now let's get into some, some things that Paul told us. I'm, I'm, I'm not just going to read all day, but you've got to understand this is, this is pieces together. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which once walked according to the course of this world. Now we're getting back to that whole idea. This is paramount to understand this. It's earth and heaven. Earth and heaven. Earth and heaven. Earth and heaven. Got it? He said, when you were under your trespasses and sin, you walked according to the world. Romans 12 tells us that we are conformed out of this world, don't be conformed to this world. How? By the renewing of your mind. Paul says that we were in our trespassing and sin when we walked according to the world. How did we walk according to the world? Right here. Because the Bible says, when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Where's lust begin? Thought. Seed. We're trying to change our actions when we really have to start changing our thinking. According, now get this, ready? In which you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we were all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Notice, he put the flesh and the mind together. And were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God. I love the but God moment. Everybody needs a but God moment. But sometimes you need a double but God moment. Not just when you come to God, but then when you come to God and you realize it's not just about getting cleaned up on the outside, but you got to get cleaned up in here and you got to help Him. Let Him help you change here. But God. Who is rich in mercy. I know that's not what we're talking about today. But oh am I so thankful today. That we have a God. Who is rich in mercy. Meaning no matter how many times I mess up. His mercy is everlasting. I don't care today. How many times you've messed up. And say well I'm a failure. I'm no good. I'll never get it right. And the devil comes along and says, see, you've messed up. You might as well give up. All you got to do is just say, hey, devil, but God, who is rich. Yeah, preacher, but you don't know all the bad I've done. You're right, but you don't know how great the mercy of God is either. 
But you don't know the depth of my sin. But you don't know the depth of the river that flows with blood from the hill of Calvary that washes over me. You remember that story? I, I got to stop here just for a minute. Someone needs to get this. You remember the story I told years, I preached on it about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Little boy and little girl outside playing. They're staying at grandma's house. There's a, a goose that kept landing in the backyard. Little girl said, I bet you can't hit that goose with this rock. He goes, I'm not throwing a group this rocket. I'm not throwing a rocket at the goose. She said, Yeah, try it. Try it. She kept begging her brother on, begging him on. Finally, he picked up the rock with no hope of hitting that goose, threw it. Bob, goose fell over. She goes, Oh, you killed the goose. So she got smart real quick. She said, If you don't do my chores around the house, I'm going to tell grandma you killed the goose. So next morning they got up, her chores, take out the trash. She said, I'm not taking out the trash. He said, but it's your chore. He goes, no, you killed the goose. You're going to take out the trash or I'm telling Granny, you killed the goose. Sure enough, he took out the trash. Later on that evening, it was time for her to do the dishes. She said, I'm not doing the dishes. You're doing the dishes. He said, I'm not doing the dishes. She said, yes, you are. You don't do the dishes. I'm telling Granny, you killed the goose. Day after day, this went on. After a couple weeks later, he got tired of this deal. So she finally said, you know, you're going to do this. He said, I'm not doing it. She said, if you don't do it, I will tell Granny you killed the goose. He said, you know what? Tell her. I don't care anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. He said, in fact, I'm going to go tell her. So he said, Granny, I got to tell you something. She said, what is it, baby? He said... I killed the goose. She goes, I know you did. I saw it when you did it. I was just waiting for you to come tell me. It's okay. Some of you have been letting the devil hold over your head that you killed the goose. And he keeps you imprisoned to the fact that you made a mistake. And he tells you that, you know what, you can't worship. Because if you worship, I'm going to tell everybody you killed the goose. If you come in here and act like you're saved, I'm going to tell everybody you killed the goose. If you show up here and try to be sanctified and holy and act like you're walking with Jesus, I'm going to tell everybody you killed the goose. Well, hello, devil. I'm going to go ahead and tell Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I killed the goose. But you want to know what? He saw it when I did it. So why hide it? But he's rich in mercy. Stop, stop trying to hide from your mistakes. Now I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not telling you that we're going to hear. Let me have one of those microphones. I am not asking you to come up here today and let's t- tell, tell, tell us what's going on, what you've been doing. The Bible says love hides sin. This place should not be a place that exposes sin. This should be a place that covers sin. We shouldn't come in here and go, Oh, have you seen what they did? Oh, have you seen what they've been in? You should say, Hey, baby, just come in here wherever you want to be like however you are because this is a place of love that hides sin because our Father is rich in mercy. i got to get back on track. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love, which He loved us, 
Even when we were dead and trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and has made us. Now here's where you got to get this. You got to get this because this is the whole key. This is the key. He, We're dead in trespasses in sin. But he's rich in love. And then what did he do? He raised us up together and made us sit together in the... There's that word. Woo! Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now here we go. Ready? We're getting back to that theme. Devil cast down to earth. Rejoice, O heaven. Bad earth. But when we are walking according to this world, and we're walking according to the thinking of this world, and we're entrapped by the thinking of this world, we have the mind of this world, which keeps us from walking in heavenly places. And when we walk, we we cannot walk in heavenly places, and when we're earthly minded, we give the devil access in our lives. Together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of none of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works that any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Now one more here, chunk of scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is. Now wait a minute, time out, time out, time out, time out. The Bible says that God fills all space and all time. He's everywhere. But this is saying Christ is in heaven. And the problem is with this, this is the mentality that we get from religion. And I'm not here to bash religion. I want you to think something because sometimes we, we get streams of thinking and foundational thoughts that don't come from the Word of God, but just come from, well, that's just the natural way. And so because of this, we get this mentality. And granted, I, I, get, the, I get the metaphor, I'm not bashing it. But how many times when we pray, we pray this way? Because we have this mentality, we're here, he's there. But the Bible says that when you receive the Spirit of Christ, Christ dwells where? So the problem is, is that we've got this mix-up. Instead of Christ being in us, manifesting in us, we've made Christ to sit there, we're down here. And so there's this chasm between us. Seek those things which are above, which Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death. Now, here we go. This is the fruit. We're going to the fruit. How do I know what I'm thinking? Where is my thinking? Here you go. Ready? We're going to get into this for a minute. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Here are the earthly members. You ready? Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. If you don't know what idolatry is, get the next step this week. You're going to learn a whole new world about idolatry. So these are the members 
Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which yourselves once walked when you lived it. But now yourselves are put, are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his ease and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created us. Verse 12, let's skip down for time's sake. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But of all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. That's why right there, unforgiveness is deadly to you. Unforgiveness is deadly because unforgiveness opens up your mind to get attacked by the adversary and you lose your ability to think in heavenly ways. Because the fruit of a heavenly mind is a life that has no unforgiveness. Ooh, it's getting tighter quick. That's okay. A little speed bump. Got to slow down, go over the speed bump slow, we'll grab it back up. That's why unforgiveness is not a big deal. Well, you know what? I just can't, I can't, I can't forgive them right now. I'll have to work. That is crazy. And you know what? You're right. You can't forgive them. You're right. True. Truthfully, you can't. But the grace of God flowing through you can. By His grace. By His grace you can. But the thing about it, when I hold on to stuff, and you know what? I get it. You might have it and you may not know you have it. But there's some of you, you defiantly say, I will not forgive. You are literally opening up your door and saying, Hey, devil, dinner in my place. Literally. When, yes, true. Thank you, Brother Trombley, because that's even greater. Not only unforgiveness towards others, but unforgiveness toward yourself. You might as well get in your car today. Nobody would do this. None of us are crazy to do this, right? You would not get in your car today. May I borrow your chair? I'll put it back. You're not going to get in your car after we're done here today, right? And you're going to get in your door and you're going to sit down and you're going to get down in your car. You put your sippet on. You say, hey, Satan, sit with me today. Come home with me. You wouldn't do that. Oh, I would never do that. Oh, I don't want the devil to. Oh, I, oh, that would be terrible. But when you have unforgiveness, whether towards somebody, yourself, or God, basically you're saying, hey, I've got open room. Come hang out with me. So you can hashamataya and say every word under the sun and speak the name of Jesus, but he may hop out the car and step right back in. Because Jesus said, the Son of Man had come and found nothing in me. He's come and found nothing in me. You say, well, I, it's hard to forgive. I'm not trying, to, I'm not trying to, to diminish what's been done to you. I don't know why I'm on this, but I'm on it. Woo! Blessed Jesus. I, I can't, I'm not trying to, to justify or to try to say what was done to you wasn't wrong. That you weren't hurt, misused, whatever. I'm not trying to make it go away. But I'm telling you, when you hold on to that stuff, you might as well just say, hey devil, come live with me. 
Because you give him access. It's not a little deal. Unforgiveness is not just a little deal. Well, I'll get around to it, but you know, we hold on to it because if we feel like we forgive, somehow they won't get what they deserve. But the Bible says vengeance is mine. So this unforgiveness stuff, it's not some little deal. I know you get tired. Oh my goodness, not more unforgiveness. Oh my goodness, get off of it. How can you get off of it? If I knew you had cancer, would it be smart to me going, don't worry about that. You just don't even go to the doctors. Don't take care of it. You just don't wish. Wait a minute. Cancer's deadly. it kill you. If you walk in the doctors on Monday, tomorrow, tomorrow's Monday, right? It all starts to blend together, right? <laughs> if, you walk, if, you walk in, if you walk in tomorrow to the doctors and he says, um, please come to my office, I got to tell you something. Um, we've done some tests. We found cancer. Who just says, appreciate the information, I'll, I'll see you later. And you just go live in your life. The response is usually, how far along is it? Can it be cured? What do I need to do? And the stuff that people with cancer go through, I watched my mom go through it. Some of you in this room have gone through it. The treatments were just horrible. To, to cure this disease. Because why? Because we know if this doesn't get out of a system, it will kill us. But it's amazing to watch people come in contact with Jesus all the time with spiritual cancer of unforgiveness and walk out and go, well, I'll just see it next time. And it eats away, eats away, eats away. And then you wonder, all, why all this stuff? You're like, you know, th- here's how people with unforgiveness start talking. Well, you know, all this stuff is not really, all this is not necessary. That's not really a big deal. And you don't miss. And, and they start just try to deprioritize. Everything starts. And then they just get really whacked out in their thinking. Because it starts to just all, their perception starts to be warped. Because when you try to make, when you try to take a worldly perception into a spiritual realm, it gets wacky quick. When you take a worldly perception into spiritual realms, you get wacky and quacky real fast. Bad. Because to the natural mind, the things of the Spirit are foolishness. I can't tell you how many things God is doing in my life right now, doing in my family's life, and has done in the past that made absolutely zero sense to me. telling you right now, I can't get past this. I don't know why. We'll get here in a minute. I can't get past it. Somebody today, God is trying to reach for you. Because he wants to set you free. But in order to set you free, you've got to make a choice today to let some of that stuff go. I can feel it in this room. You are working to justify not listening to this word. Not the words of Joel Wright, but God's words are speaking. And I can feel it in this room. You are justifying it. And I beg of you with all of the Holy Ghost in me, don't justify it. Just let God do it. 
If you don't know what to say, God say, God, by your help and grace, I forgive. You fill in the blank. God, by your help and grace, I forgive so and so. I forgive my mother. I forgive my father. I forgive my sister. I forgive my brother. I forgive myself. I forgive you. Telling you, if you would do that today, you, it, it would be the greatest, powerful, most amazing, liberating prayer meeting you could have. I could come back up here tonight and dump a whole pile of oil on you and you wouldn't feel anything. But if you would just release that stuff out of your spirit, there's something that will be released in you that will set you free. And you're wondering, how come I just can't seem to get past where I am? I'm telling you the reason why is because you need to forgive. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us right now, Father. Hallelujah. I'll show you my notes. This ain't even in my notes. This not even in. I've got like six scriptures. That's my notes today. So God knew this today. I don't know who you are, but there is somebody in here today. You are literally hitting a wall. You are hitting a wall. And you run, and that wall just smacks you. And you get knocked down, and you get back up, and you run and hit that wall. And you are just like, what's the problem? You need to forgive, forgive, forgive. But I can't. You know why? I can feel it in this. You can feel it. There's this, there's this internal. That's an earthly mind. Earthly minds want vengeance. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost has come to help us, to lead us and guide us in all truth. You can't do it on your own. I get it. But God can do it through you by His grace. Even as Christ has forgiven me, so do I forgive you. Oh, I don't know who you are, but if you would pull, if you would listen to the plea of the Holy Ghost in this place. I just feel like right in this moment, we need to just take a moment. I don't know, we make, I feel to go past this, but right now we need to stop in this moment. I need to close your eyes and bow your heads. Somebody in this room needs to start it. Don't look for the feeling. Don't look for a feeling. Speak the words. The feeling comes later, but it doesn't start with a feeling. If you're waiting for a big feeling to come, you're not going to do it. But start now. Lord, by your help and grace, I forgive. You fill in the blank. Lord, by your help and grace, I forgive. Whether it's a person, whether it's yourself, or whether it's God. Somebody needs to say that now. The Holy Ghost has been pinging on you. He's been pricking at your heart. Yes, you are the one I'm talking to. Would you just obey the Lord right now? Say, God, by your help and grace, tell Jesus. Say, Lord, I don't know how to forgive. I don't know. But God, by your help and grace, I forgive. Speak it in Jesus' name. Lord, I lose your grace in this room right now. I can feel in my spirit... You're reaching for someone. I can feel in my spirit. You're reaching for someone. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 So we've got this, this battle within us trying to find how to have the mind of Christ. And we have this idea that there's heavenly realm and earthly realm. But when, we're, when, we're, when we have Christ in us, we're to walk in that heavenly realm. Now when we think of heavenly realm, we think we're supposed to walk in earth and look down at heaven, look down at earth. That's not what it's talking about, walking in heavenly realms. To understand the mind of Christ. To put on the mind of Christ. To have the mind of Christ. I'll give you an example. Do you know why most of us don't hear, and, I'm, and this is, this is my, for me too, because I struggle with this as well. Do you know why most of us don't have prayers answered? Because we pray from earth to heaven. Earth, our prayers are usually petitions. But he said in the Lord's Prayer, let the will be done on earth as it's already in So when I pray from earth to heaven, I really can't pray with great faith. I really just pray with hope that he's going to hear me and somehow have mercy on me and drop something down from heaven to help me. But when I pray from heaven to earth, I already know the prayer's answered before I pray it because I'm praying from a realm where the prayer's already been working. So when I pray from heaven to earth, I usually don't ask, I just speak. But the problem with that is, people take that, and now you're going to start speaking everything. I speak a cheeseburger, I speak a pizza, I speak lunch to be in my car. When I, That's not what it's talking about, because the Bible says, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, then you will ask what you will, and it shall be done. We love the ask what you will, and it will be done part, but we skip the first part. That if I abide in him, and his words abide in me, then I'll ask what he will. So whose words am I speaking? Help me out. It's not a trick question. And a Bishop Wright question. His words. So when I speak his words, I know it will be done because it's his words. Now watch this. This is the final here. Let, let, me, let, me, let me bring it home. Because I looked this up and I was fascinated by it. Go to Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Must help somebody know where you are and what God's trying to do. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. Now, leave that up there. That's great, right? Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. That's the foundation to having a heavenly mind and living out of your mind. Set your mind. So when I think of that word set, I think of like setting a table, right? Set. That's not what the word set there is. That word set is the set, like if you're, you break a bone, you go to the doctor, and he sets it. Because when you set that bone, and that bone heals, usually the broken bone will heal back harder bef- after it was broken than before. So here's the deal. If I'm going to set my mind on things above and not on the earth, the only way to set my mind on heavenly things is I've got to break my earthly mind. my earthly mind has got to get broken now let's be honest most of us don't volunteer to have our mind broken most of us don't wake up in the morning and say Lord 
I love you. You mean so much to me. Would you bring some stuff in my life that will just mess me up? Just mess my mind up? Lord, I'm praying today that you would just bless me with just a broken mind. We don't pray that. Most of the time it's, Lord, help me. Give me peace. Don't let my my boss drive me crazy. God, help my kids. Lord, if my husband doesn't stop doing that, I'm going to kill him. Lord, my wife needs your grace. That's what we pray. Not the broken nonsense. So God, who is rich in mercy, allows, get the word, allows, things to come in our lives for the purpose of breaking the way I think. Because until my current my current brain is broken, my current mind is broken, I cannot have it reset on heavenly things. So guess what God does? He starts messing with your stuff. And I'm telling you right, is Jesus not messing with some stuff around here lately? He is working overtime, messing with stuff. He's messing with people physically. He's messing with some of you emotionally. You're getting messed with with your house, financially, you name it. What is God trying to do? He's trying to break your mind. That sounds terrible. Because nowadays they try to have all kinds of medication help you fix your mind. And God's trying to break it. What is he trying to break it for? He's trying to break it so he can set it. Because if he can set it, that's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 to have a renewed mind. That word renew means to remodel. To remodel the way you're thinking. I'll I'll, I'll talk to you after. (laughs) Remodel the way you're thinking. To renew your mind. So why does God, why does God allow this stuff in my life? Why do we say, I've come to the end of myself? When we say we come to the end of myself, you know what that means? I've come to the end of way of my thinking and I'm willing to be broken so that He can set my mind on heavenly things. Now I'm not talking about, now don't, don't take me wrong and leave here about heavenly things and you just gotta walk around thinking Jesus, 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 Jesus. What are you doing? I'm heavenly minded, heavenly minded, Jesus, Jesus. You know. That's what we think. Honestly, we always go to extremes. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Can I get a Jesus cheeseburger with a Jesus large fry and a Jesus Diet Coke and a Jesus Happy Meal for my kids and a Jesus Big Mac for my... That's not what we're talking about. It's not walking around just saying Jesus, Jesus. Because when I have a mind that's in Christ, how do I know my mind's in Christ? Fear, worry, doubt, those things start to go because I get power, love, and a sound mind. But in order to get a sound mind, God's got to break my current mind. That is a horrible process. He breaks us so that He can set us. And when He sets us, that heavenly minded, 
Do you know your brain has actual physical grooves in it? Andrew Newberg, watch, I'm, 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 I'm almost done. Bring it full circle here. Andrew Newberg was a, I, I, I taught this, oh, about four or five years ago when I was pastor in Arnold. Andrew Newberg was a, he is a, a, a University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League level researcher of brain functions. Not a, not a Christian. He's fascinated by the brain. He became fascinated. And he spent his life studying the brain. And do you realize your brain can actually grow? Or some of us shrink. Your brain can grow. So he started looking at it. And that he said, and by his study, by changing the way you think, your brain actually physically changes. That the, the avenues and canals in your brain actually remap themselves. Now here's the problem. I'm going to bring it full circle to help somebody out here today. Because some of you, I've encouraged you, and some of you, I've depressed you. But I'm going to help you out. The problem is, a lot of us go, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get there because my brain just can't seem to get past my mind. Well, guess what? God knew that. Because the Bible says, when I pray in the Spirit, my mind is at rest. Meaning, when I'm praying in the Spirit, that I can bypass this guy. That my spirit actually is praying. That this thing... So, when I'm struggling with the mind of Christ, if I'm praying in the Spirit, that it bypasses this thing. Well, you say, well, that's kind of crazy. Well, this little fellow, Andrew Newberg, he decided he wanted to scan people's brains when they spoke in tongues. He didn't know. He didn't speak, he didn't speak in tongues. He didn't, he didn't, he'd never experienced it. So I don't know how he found. He found this little African-American lady woman. She, he brought her into the lab, and um, he knew she spoke in tongues. So he said, uh, he asked her, he said, can I do an experiment on you? And then so he brought her in and he hooked her up with all the, the deals. And he said, okay, we're going to go to my, we're going to go and uh, I'm, I'm going to scan your brain when it happens. And he didn't know what, he didn't know what to say. Like, now, do you need time to warm up? Is it something to you like, he, you know, how does it happen? Do I need to like, and I love the response. She said, don't worry, honey, you just get out here. Me and Jesus, we'll take care of the rest. So Andrew Newberg's there with, uh, with, what, with, with a couple, I think it was a couple of his grad students. They were doing this research. And what was amazing was this little old lady, he walked out the room and she just went to town with her and Jesus. Just began to speak in tongues. And the, what, this, is not a, this is not the part I'm trying to get to. This was just a cool part of the story. Literally, the power 
of God hit that lab so much. He was fascinated. He's watching the screen and all the readings. He wasn't even paying attention. And he turned around and one of his grad students who was not, who had never been and experienced that was standing off to the corner, tears streaming down her face. She lifted up her hands and God filled her with the spirit speaking in tongues right there in that lab. But the crazy part is, he got to watch in this graph and he was floored. He didn't believe it. Because what he realized was that, and I'm going to get too technical here because I don't know if I know all of it and I'm going to probably mess it up and there's a lot more smarter people in here that know it and I'm probably going to look like a fool trying to explain it. But basically your frontal cortex, which is the main part of your thinking, that's where all the thoughts come from. When they started scanning the brain when they were speaking in tongues, the frontal cortex was dead. Flat. Nothing happened. But the language part of your brain, which wherever that is, I don't know, wherever part of that was lit up. He didn't he couldn't believe it. He didn't understand. Because in normal brains, when your language is lit up, the frontal cortex is lit up, because as you're thinking, you're talking. Or some of us talk before we think. But this should be linked together. I'm in that category, Helen. <laughs> shouldn't have said that think before you talk he was he was absolutely floored and he said the only thing that I can surmise to 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 figure out how this is happening he said the source of this language has got to be coming from someplace outside of the brain that the normal center of language development comes from the frontal cortex. But when this woman was speaking in tongues, the frontal cortex was dead. But the language was lit up. He said, the only way I know that can take place is the source of that language has got to be coming from someplace outside of her head. So if i got to get earthly minded... I'm in my head. But when I get into the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of Christ is in me, then I can get out of my head. That's why Paul said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Because Paul was out of his mind. But he wasn't out of his mind. He was out of his mind and into the mind of Christ. So if you're in your today and you are struggling and you don't understand how all this is... You just need to get into the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God begin to wash over you and begin to walk in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit and flow in the Spirit. And when you do that, your mind starts to change. And you can set your mind on... It's really hard to walk in the Spirit and have doubt. I'm preaching to myself today. I need this. I need to be standing there and sitting there. Because this last couple weeks for me has been a fight, Brother Trombley. It's been a fight, a mental fight. Fight, 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 fight. And I'm a, th- I'm, a, I'm a thinker and a fixer. And so I'm thinking and fixing. And the more I think, the more I try to fix. And the more I fix, it makes it worse, which makes me think more, which makes me want to fix more, which makes it worse. And then I think more about the way I fixed it. And then I try to fix what I fixed, what I didn't fix, and try to fix it again, which then makes it worse, which makes me think more about the thinking and the fixing because I didn't fix it the first time and I got to think better about thinking to fix it, which makes me fix it again, which breaks it again. That's been my week, my month. Can I get an amen from somebody on that? 
Because that's the way it is. And the whole time, man, you're just... You're just spinning a deeper hole. Guess what? Get off the ride. Put on the mind of Christ that was in Christ Jesus. Step out of the earthly. Step into the heavenly. And finally, let God do it. And if you can't believe it in your own own spirit, pray in the spirit and let the mind of Christ be in you. What if you could just stand with me today? I, 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 don't, I don't usually do this. Not because it's something wrong with it, but just something that I only do it as the Lord leads. But if you're in here today and you've been battling in your mind, you've been battling in your mind, and you want some victory today in your mind, I want you to come stand down here. We're going to join together. We're going to do this together. I know it's not... And maybe I need to stand down there by myself and no one else. But if you've been battling in your mind, you're like, I, I, I got to get some victory in my mind. Why don't you come down here? We need some honest folks. Come on, some honest folks. Yeah, come on. There's no shame. Lord Jesus. No shame in my game. Come on. Let Jesus do it. We're going to just let the Holy Ghost flood in this place. Now, every one of you came up here by random. You didn't know who you were going to stand next to. But somebody you're standing next to, I want you to join with them. At least one person, maybe two people. Whatever needs to. Just find somebody, grab them. We're going to pray this. We're going to do this together. You don't have to do it on your own. Now, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're going to get the Holy Ghost now. But if you've got the Holy Ghost, God's just going to do it. Here's what we're going to do. We're not asking God for anything. I don't, I don't, we don't need to pray for you because I don't know what to pray for anyways. I don't have the answer. So no point to even praying for you in English. We're just going to pray in the Spirit. And I want you to get lost in. I want you to let all of the stuff that's in your brain, I want you to go. And I want you to focus on getting lost in the Spirit. And I want you to just begin to flow in the Spirit. And when you do that, I feel like the Holy Ghost is going to wash in this place and begin to set your mind straight starting now. I feel it already in this place. Come on, close your eyes. Just begin to pray. Come on, if you're not you're not down here, you can join with us. In the name of Jesus, rise up, Holy Ghost. Rise up, Holy Ghost. Rise up, Holy Ghost. Come on, that's it. Pray, pray, pray. Yes, 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 yes.